0: Well, I say this almost every year, but I love Christmas. How many of you already opened your presents? I just want to see who I'm talking to. Anybody in here? A couple of you. Yeah, cheaters, all right. <laughs> love, love Christmas. Love that you're here with us this Christmas. I love it that the Christmas story can be told as simple as Charlie Brown telling it, right? Isn't that awesome? And uh, so God has a pretty, pretty important message for us. And that's what we've been looking at in our series, Do You Hear What I Hear, I have a question for you, and I want you a little class participation here. How many of you in the room have ever, ever had somebody in your life that you just wondered what they thought about you and you just weren't sure? Anybody have somebody like that in your life? Yeah, you had somebody in your life, now stay with me on this, and you, you, you wondered what they thought about you because the way they looked at you and the way their face kind of said that maybe they didn't like you, and and, and then... And then other people have told you things that maybe you're like, oh man, I'm sure that they don't like me. And I found this term, maybe, maybe it's somebody in your life, maybe it's somebody, a coach you had, a teacher you had, maybe it's your neighbor, maybe it's somebody sitting beside you right now, I don't know. But, but I heard this term this last week called resting cringe face. Maybe this is the, the face they have, I don't know. But maybe, now don't turn and look at them, don't do that this morning, all right? But, but maybe you've had somebody like that, I've had somebody like that in my life. As a young pastor, I had somebody in the church who just kind of looked angry all the time. And I was just certain they hated me. Like, I was certain, and people had talked to me about this person and said, oh, man, you don't want to tangle with this person and yada, yada, yada. And I was just, man, every time I looked at them, they kind of snarled at me, and I'm like, oh, my goodness. I just wondered what in the world they thought about me. And I was sure I made the assumption that they didn't like me, and I was pretty sure that I didn't want to get in a long conversation with them until one day that person, that person called the church office and told my secretary I want an hour with Pastor Dan. My secretary came down and said, hey, so-and-so wants an hour with you. And it was like a week out. That whole week, I thought about that meeting. I just thought about that meeting. I thought, oh, man. Man. I don't want to, t- this guy hates me. I'm, I, I'm going to tangle with this guy. I'm sure he's going to let me know or whatever this, that. And all week I'm praying, God, give me grace. I don't know. And I was worked up. I was all tangled up. I was sure we were going to get into some sort of discussion, controversy, something like that. Because I was sure he didn't like me. The day came and the moment came for that appointment. And I remember I was sweating. My palms were sweaty. And I went out and met him and said, hey, good to see you. Come on back to my office. And we walked back, total silence. I'm like, oh, this is terrible, you know? He sat down in my office. I sat across. I said, hey, it's good to see you. I think I lied, but it's good to see you, is what I said. I said, what do you want to talk about? This is what he said to me. He said, Pastor Dan, I love you. He said... I just came in and I wanted you to know what an encouragement you've been to me and my family. And he said, Pastor Dan, I watch how hard you work. And he said, I scheduled an hour so that I could take five minutes to tell you that I love you and that you're an encouragement to me. And he said, I'm going to leave now so that you at least today have one hour to yourself. I'll never forget that. I'll ne- when I every time I see that fella, my, my face lights up because I know there's a man who loves me. I've never had anybody do that since. So hint, hint, if you want to do that, right? <laughs> just saying. When I think about that moment, it makes me think about some of us in this room. Because the truth of the matter is some of us came in here today and we have caricatures in our mind about God. Honest to goodness, we, we, we think certain things about God. Maybe some of us, we didn't grow up in church, and so we've heard things about God, and we're pretty sure we know how God feels about us. And so what we've developed in our mind is a caricature, that somehow God is kind of the grumpy old man that's always angry, or he's the drill sergeant in the sky, and he's looking to catch us when we're doing something wrong, or maybe he's kind of like my daddy was, and he's distant and not connected and really doesn't care. But, but, but here's what I know in this room Many of us, maybe even most of us, have a caricature in our mind of what God's like. And maybe, just maybe, you didn't come to a Christmas service this year. But maybe, just maybe, God scheduled a one-hour appointment with you this Christmas so that He could lean into your life with a five-minute message So that he might let you know how he feels about you this Christmas. And what if God scheduled this one hour appointment with you this morning. So that he could share a five minute message that might just very well change your life. And what if that five minute message was found in one of the simplest yet most profound. Maybe even most important verses in the entire Bible. And what if that little message God has for you this Christmas was found in John chapter 3, verse 16? And what if what God wanted to say to you this Christmas, if you listen, shh, and take the earbuds out, what if he wanted to make sure you heard him say, I love you? that whatever you thought coming in here today, whatever caricature you had, whatever you conjured up in your mind, what others have told you, whatever that is, I want you to be sure you know I love you. And in case you don't believe me, in the shortest, simplest, most profound of ways in John chapter 3, verse 16, I want to tell you, Many of you have heard this verse before. It's very familiar. Some of you haven't memorized. But here's what it says. It says, for God, God who, listen close. It's the God, it's the God who began the beginning. You know, the Bible starts with in the beginning, God. God was already there in the beginning. God is the one who began the beginning, God began the beginning, and the God that this verse is talking about is the God who holds everything, the universe, in the hollow of his hand. He is a God that is all-powerful. He is the God that is all-knowing, and he is the God that is holy and sovereign and righteous. He's the God. He's the God that some of us aren't sure even exists, and maybe that's you. He's the God that some of us in the room right now have turned our back upon at some point in our life, that God. He's the God we assumed we knew. He's God. He is God. And it starts with that God. That God so loved the world. If you came in here wondering, what does God think about me? He says, I want to make sure you know it doesn't say God loved the world. It says God so loved. God so loved the world. You're saying, Dan, what does that mean? God wants you to hear this. Lean in that I am committed to you and I'm crazy about you. That there is a God, the God who began the beginning, that is obsessed with us, pursuing us, and preoccupied with us. In fact, John says later that this God is love. God is love. That whatever love is, that's what God is. God is love. That, that if you can define love however you want, you look at God and say, that's what love is. And he so loved The world. He all over the Bible tells us over and over and over again, I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you. But for God so loved the world, He doesn't just tell us, look what it says, that He gave. Don't you like it when somebody shows up with a present? God showed up with a present. That God so loves you this morning that He gave. That it's not something He just communicated, but it's something He demonstrated. Well, what in the world did he give? He didn't give a what, he gave a who. He gave his one and only son. God showed up, listen, with the perfect gift. With the perfect gift. I don't know how you are at Christmas, but sometimes it can be hard to buy for people, right? Amen? And people find stuff and they just buy you something, but when somebody shows up with exactly what you needed, it's like, wow. And God at Christmas shows up with the gift that we need it. God shows up with the perfect gift, and he spares no expense. Why? Because in the manger, stay with me on this, in the manger is a baby. That baby's name is Jesus, and Jesus is God with skin on. So God gave the perfect gift because in that manger is God who's experiencing life just like us, but the big picture is he is a God who eventually is going to exchange places with us. That Christmas is all about a God who loves us so much that whereas we are sinners, he loves us. Nothing we can do to make, us, make him love us more or less. And that when Jesus died, he died for everything I ever did wrong so that I could have what I could never achieve on my own. It says, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever, whoever who, whoever you, doesn't matter who you are today, whether you're churched or unchurched, whether you're rich or poor, young or old, man or woman, doesn't matter if you're from Ohio State or Michigan, doesn't matter. It says, whoever you, doesn't matter. Listen close, lean in. I want you to hear me. It doesn't matter, immoral or moral, prostitute or preacher. He says, whoever, whoever you believes in him. Here's the deal. John three sixteen is one of the most well known verses in the Bible. It's one of the most powerful verses in the Bible, but it will never listen close. You need to hear this this Christmas. It will never become powerful to you until you make it personal. It will never become powerful to you until you make it personal. You see, the invitation this Christmas is to receive and accept His love, and He says, "Whoever believes in Him." Reminds me of a story of a tightrope walker. Some of you have heard this story, I'm sure. Back in the 1800s, he was known for walking the tightrope about a quarter of a mile across Niagara Falls. I wouldn't want to do that. He'd walk across that thing, the crowds would go crazy. He'd walk across it with a blindfold. He'd walk across it carrying something in his arms. He'd walk across it doing all kinds of stunts. Eventually, he decided, I'm going to kind of up the ante a little bit. I'm going to walk across this thing with a wheelbarrow. He put a sack of potatoes in there. He walked across that thing, the crowd, "Woo, man, he's incredible. His name was the Great Blondin. He came over to the side after he walked across that tightrope, about 160 feet high, about a quarter of a mile wide, and he said, man, you guys think that's great? And they all cheered. You guys think I can walk this wheelbarrow across carrying something in there? Yes, we believe you can. He said, who's willing to get in the wheelbarrow? (laughs) Nobody volunteered. This Christmas, what if God scheduled a one-hour meeting with you to tell you in five minutes or less, I love you, and I sent Jesus across that tightrope. Because as you stand over here on the shore of your guilt, your shame, your sin, wondering what God thinks of you, Jesus is the only one that can carry you across where you can have forgiveness of your sins, relationship with God, and hope forever. And he said the moment John 3:16 becomes real to you is the moment you say yes, the moment you believe. It's not just knowing the verse, it is personalizing what that verse says. And he says whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. You do not have to live the rest of your life under the pressure, the weight, and the guilt of your shame and your sin, knowing that you have to live forever in the consequences of your sin. But this moment, right now, this Christmas, because God loves you, you can have the rest of knowing this moment that you have eternal life, might I even say abundant life. You see, the angel said this, And then we're done. The angel said this. We bring you great tidings. They said we bring you good news. You know what good news translates as? It translates as gospel, which is what John 3.16 is all about. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. I'm going to invite the band to make their way out, but I want to talk to you for a minute because we're going to sing some more and we're going to have a good time together and just kind of rejoicing. And my question is this. Has that good news become personal news to you? For some of you in the room, that's new news. You didn't know God loves you. And this Christmas, he invites you to say yes to him. He invites you to say yes to him. No pressure. I'm not going to make you do anything crazy. This Christmas, he says, I'm inviting you to say yes to me. For some of you John 3:16 is familiar news, but you've never made it personal news, and it will never be powerful news until you make it personal. And this Christmas, Jesus is standing there and saying, "Will you believe in me? I'm the only one who can get you to forgiveness of your sins and a relationship with God. And the invitation is open this Christmas." Some of you some of you, if I'm honest, you come every Christmas And the angels didn't just say it's good news. Listen, they said it's good news that will bring what? Great joy. And some of you have been in church a long time. And there's no joy. There's no joy. And somewhere along the way, you lost the simplicity of the gospel. Somewhere along the way, John 3.16 said this, For God so lulled the world that he gave me a bunch of rules to do. That if I just follow them and impress people along the way, I'll look like a really good Christian. Somewhere along the way, the verse read different. And this Christmas, that God says, I scheduled this hour, this one hour with you, so that I could in five minutes or less tell you I love you. I love you. Jesus died for you. And that's the good news of Christmas That's the good news of the gospel. And it can be your news tonight, today, this Christmas, 2018. Father, my prayer is this. In this room, I pray for people who have never said yes to Jesus. Never, ever said yes to Jesus. And I pray that they would leave at least knowing this, that whatever they came in thinking about God, that you're a God who loves them. You didn't just say it, you showed it. And God, I pray that they would literally see that you showed them by sending Jesus. And the invitation is, do you believe that I'm the one who can take you from your sin, your shame, and your guilt into forgiveness, abundant, and eternal life? God I pray even for those who have said yes to Jesus but somewhere along the way they've lost their joy I pray this Christmas they would see the simplicity of the story and all of a sudden they would realize that joy comes in not what they do but what you've done and that this Christmas you would help us to simply celebrate the fact that you're a God who loves us